Hi, how's it going everybody? My name is Connor Gilson and I am the president of CG Consulting. And tonight we're going to be doing the last part in this podcast series. Um, and uh, it's once again saddening because I have to, you know, close the chapter on this part. But I do have a lot more content coming out, so stay tuned. Um, but tonight we're really going to be talking about how to use actual methods, how to use actual tools like social media, SEO, website, things like that. Um, we're going to talk about the kind of the fundamentals or the basics that I think everybody should know and should be using. Um, not going to go into too much detail in any one thing um, because this is just kind of giving you a generalization of what you should be doing and using. Uh, my consulting clients, that's what I usually do is go into grave detail as far as their business plan. And it's different for everyone else, so that's why it's kind of hard to um, do something that's going to work outstandingly for you. Um, because a lot of you I do know personally, and a few of you I am actually you know, helping with business plans. But for the people that I haven't met yet or don't know that you're, your name or face yet... Um, it's kind of hard for me to give a very specific plan. There's still a lot of information, there's still a lot of benefit you can get from using these, um, but once you start using them, uh, then maybe you can start getting into more deeper stuff, either by hiring somebody to do it for you, or hire someone to consult with you and teach you how to do it, or um, look into it further on your own, looking at other information online, books, things like that. Um, but let's get started. The first thing that I really want to talk about is um, getting listed in search engines and then optimizing your site for said search engines. Now, I will say quite frankly that I have um, what I would say a rare standpoint or viewpoint on websites right now. I think that while websites are very beneficial and very helpful, I think that they're not anywhere close to as big as they used to be. Um, I remember when I first started working on my business and I was doing website design and things like that, um, I was blown away by how many people still hadn't had a website that weren't embracing it because it was a very good way to get leads. Now, um, and when I would talk to people that and do webinars and things like that, I would say if you're really, you know, you really don't have a website right now, you're behind the ball. Like all your competitors have one, um, you should have one. At this point in time now, I would say that the ship has kind of sailed. If you don't have a website um, or you didn't have a website for the past couple of years while running your business, you kind of missed out. You really did. Like you really shot yourself in the foot there. And it's kind of disturbing to me that we have people that say that they're businesses and that they have all this focus on, you know, getting clients and leads, but they didn't have a website. I think it's kind of shows what a lot of entrepreneurs are. Um, I'm a big, I have a big standpoint on the fact that I think that entrepreneurship has now become a fad. It's something that people are um, flocking to because it's the cool and hip thing to do, which I... I honestly will take the standpoint of that's incredibly sickening because we have all these people romanticizing business and romanticizing creating their own company or creating their own small business and they are about to get the crap knocked out of them because it's not romantic. Yes, there's romantic 
elements, there's beauty to it, there's, you know, freedom, but there's a lot of hard work and a lot of getting punched in the face repeatedly. Um, and I feel like all these people that are joining the whole entrepreneur movement for the fun and beauty of it are going to get their butts kicked and they're going to get it hard. They're going to get it very, very hard, more hard than they can ever imagine. But I still put in websites and search engine optimization in this podcast because for a lot of industries, it's still kind of important. Um, I think that if you have a law, a law firm, you should absolutely have a website. Um, I think that you should have a website if you are doing anything like selling products, like, uh, like um, e-commerce websites. You definitely should have a website there. Um, although there's now the alternative of just going on Amazon and building your store on there or Etsy or things like that. You don't really need to have your own website in a lot of cases. Um, I think that if you're trying to decide whether, I still think, I will say this, I still think a website is much better than a business card. I do not like business cards. Um, I think they're stupid. I think they're an old, a old, you know, staple to business, which has become highly Un, unvaluable. It's just, it's not valuable. People look at your car, they put it in their wallet. I still have business cards that people have given me like years ago and um, they either end up in the trash bin somewhere folded and bent somewhere like fading in our wallets, things like that. So I don't think that business cards are that good. Um, but I still think websites are going to be better than that. Um, one of the things that you're going to want to do if you want to take the website SEO type thing, um, for you people at home that don't know what SEO stands for, it's uh, search engine optimization. It's a way to optimize your website in a way that you show up higher and higher on Google. In fact, when I used to do a video on SEO, I would go over the statistics of how many people click on a link. All right. Um, if you search a keyword term on Google, the first link gets somewhere between 50 to 60% of clicks. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that, I'm not talking about the number of how many people will search something and then click on the first listing. I'm talking about 50 or 60% of people will search something and only click on the first listing. Then they'll look at the website, they might get down the second or third, but most cases they'll either buy from that person or, um, you know, go search something else, go watch TV, whatever. Um, 50%, 50 to 60%, I think it dropped um, the last time I checked it in certain industries, it dropped down to 42%, but still 42% of people are only clicking on the number one listing on Google. Um then it drops significantly, 15% um, for the second um, listing, and I think it's like 9 or 10% um, percent will um, click on the third listing. The second page, if you're on the second page of Google, you drop to 2.5% for the whole page. So that means that there's 2.5% chance that somebody's going to click the number two at the bottom. And then they're going to look at through that and then they're maybe click on one of those. 
but your chances are very rare. Um, in the SEO industry, when I was very big in it, we used to have a saying, if you want to hide a body, put it on the second page of Google. <laughs> and that says it That says it all right there. Um, now, the thing is, because every single search engine has a different criteria for ranking websites, and none of them actually really want you to know what these criteria is because people game the system, um, Yahoo has different ones, Google, um, all the different ones. Bing has different things. The most effective strategy for SEO is to build content-rich pages, whether it's a blog or whether it's information on your company or things like that, that your visitors want to see. So let me say that one more time. The most effective strategy for SEO is to build content-rich pages that your visitors want to see. Pages that are legitimately filled with the same keywords and phrases they use to search for, for what you're offering. Now there's a key word, legitimately filled. Um, I don't think a lot of people still do this, although people still can fall into this habit. They'll use programs that create articles by you know, doing a keyword generator on the article. So like you'll type something like, um, let's see, let me see if I can pop something out of my head right now. Uh, um, like if you're looking for a roofer and then like you'll, they'll do brackets like roofer and then slash new roof, uh, slash roof repair slash like, like that. And then um, in the, you know, Connecticut area, in the New Haven area, in the, you know, New London County, um, and then they hit a button and it creates a bunch of different articles with all these different strings of keywords, which would create a lot of articles that would then, you know, bring attention to your website because those keywords are used in it. And it used to work a long time ago. It doesn't work now. Those programs are still out there and people that offer those services are still out there. But that is not what I'm saying you should do. I'm saying legitimately filled. So if you want to put work and effort in, it's like anything. The price of what you put into it is what you're going to get back in return in most cases. So if you're going to write articles that you want to rank highly on Google, you really need to take the time and effort to pump out content that's good and that has those keywords in it in a legitimate, natural way. No using article building programs, no building article or no using article builder um, service providers, uh, nothing like that. It has to be legitimate. Um, to boost your link popularity, if you don't know what um, link is, uh, and this is kind of a hard thing. There's a lot of people in the industry that say that backlinks are pretty much dead. I do not agree with that. I think high quality backlinks are good. What a backlink is, is a article that then points to your website. Um, it's like a little sign to say you're getting closer to this website, to Google. And the higher those backlinks rank, the higher your page will rank. Um, for example, I started doing this when I first started working on SEO and I had a specific method of doing it and I could pretty much get anybody ranked to the top in high traffic keywords. Anybody can get anybody ranked. Like if I do um, Rhode Island plumber for copper pipes, if that's the keyword I'm going for, it's gonna be super easy to get it almost overnight. But if I'm looking for something like Rhode Island plumber or um, you know, let's say Hartford County plum plumber or things like that, then that is gonna be more difficult because there's more um, competition for it. So the more competition is, the more you're going to have to build backlinks that are quality. 
Remember, once again, do not use, do not use, don't even think about it, fooling around with link exchange software or programs like Fiverr, um, buying backlinks on there, using something like uh, SC Nuke or something like that. Don't, don't do that. Another thing to do when we're talking about website is our email signature. One of the most overlooked methods, even, even now, is um, through our email signature. Uh, the information that we put at the close of our email, that is going to give us a bunch of things. It can be our phone number, our email, so if they want to reach out, it can be a little like slogan. Um, mine, when I was younger, was... Um, make your business, make sure your business gets noticed. And I played around with that for a little bit and it seemed super simple, but that was the one that got me the most responses because people read through my email, my email newsletter, and then they read at the end, make sure your business gets noticed. And they'd be like, my business doesn't get noticed. And then that's when they would reach out and contact me. So same thing. You want to do something like that. And it's also a super easy, super simple way and effective way to tell people about what you have to offer and encourage them to sign up for your newsletter. So if they're not in your newsletter and you send out an email, um, you can do that. Um, if you have two newsletters and you think that they're going to be, you know, if they're on one and maybe you have another newsletter that targets something else, maybe you want to put that in there as well. But always have... Um, Something like that, like for people to join email, because you're going to talk to people and you're going to, um, you know, converse with people that aren't on your newsletter through email. You just are because of prospects and clients and friends of friends and, you know, employees or things like that. So make sure that's in there because remember, ultimately you're building a list. You're building an email list to get as many names and emails as possible that you can then provide content to them. Provide content so that they get familiar with you, they get to know you, things like that. Um, and you can do anything else, like any other no barrier to entry offer, something free, like whether it's, you know, you made an ebook and you want to start offering it for free for email for their emails, and boom, there you go. You can also consider asking a question in your signature and then including a link to your site where the answer to that question will be waiting. So if you find, like, so say, like, you followed my advice from previous webinars about um, targeting a certain niche, and then while conversing to prospects, you then contact, or you then found one of their pain points that most of them have. You can then ask a question about that. Like, um, for roofing, I mentioned how bidding war is a big deal. Um, a roofer will go do an estimate and then his competition will drive by, see his truck there, wait for the truck to leave then go and say, Hey, I saw blah, 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 did this, um, did an estimate on you. will you know, we'll be a hundred dollars cheaper than what they listed. And then the other person gets the, the customer. So one of my things that were used to be in my email signature was like, have you ever wondered, have, or I said, uh, the one that worked the most was, what if I could tell you I could get rid of the bidding bidding war or the problem of the bidding war? Would you be curious? And then there would be a link. And then it would be a link to the video on how to educate customers 
to, you know, do certain things for the roofing business or um, things that they could do that would then bring the customer into a relationship of them being established as the expert. That's the thing. People won't choose Joe Smo from down the road just because he's cheaper if they have a relationship with you where they trust you because you educate them. That is one of the biggest secrets to business and outmaneuvering your competitors. In fact, usually your bigger competitors will fall harder to that than even your like smaller competitors because the bigger competitors really get kind of to a point where they are so big and hard to maneuver that they don't do things like educating. They get used to be making money and things like that. And that's why there's always balance in business because somebody who's smaller, who shows more interest and effort and keep in mind, the big guy can do it too. They just tend, that tends to be the human pattern that once we get bigger, we don't tend to pay attention to people so much, but you can come along and do that and keep doing that, especially when you get bigger and then build an empire for yourself. Another thing, another idea on how to get clients is participate in online communities. In fact, there are hundreds, if not like thousands, or maybe even millions, I would think, of groups online that discuss the issues of the day. Whether it's discussion boards, forums, social networks, um, YouTube videos, things like that. If you comment on them, interact with them, help people on them, things like that, you're going to become the experience effort and when or expert. And when you make a good name for yourself in a community made up of your target market, members of that community will be compelled to visit your website to see what you have to offer, <coughs> to learn more about you, about your products, and how you may be able to help them. Another thing to do is to work with other businesses. Um, this is actually one of my favorite online marketing strategies because it allows me to partner with and promote other people I think that are fabulous or awesome, amazing, interesting people while they do the same for me. So you can do that by, say you have a podcast, invite them on, invite them on to talk about what their expertise are on. Um, if you do a webinar, same thing. Um, if I have a colleague that sends out an email to their newsletter subscribers list endorsing my services, products, or programs, their subscribers are going to be more likely to trust me because it's someone that they know that they've been following. And then, hey, this is, you know, what's going to happen. This is my, you know, my, my close friend or my close associate or someone I train has released this product or this service and I think it's interesting, you guys should go check it out. They're going to take that with much more weight than you trying to just pitch to random people. And then when I return the favor and do that for them, my partner, then the same will be true there. My newsletter list will take it more seriously because it's coming from me that I endorse them and said this product's good. And that's the thing. It makes it much easier to build relationships with potential clients that way because it's a, it's a recommendation. It's just like meeting a great friend of a great friend that you have. 
you love you love your friend, you care about your friend, and if that friend loves that person, you assume that person is great. We assume um, on a subconscious level that likeness for likeness, in fact, you know, we wouldn't have, if we're, usually we fall into the same brackets, right? Um, one of my favorite things to tell whether I should bring someone in as a friend in my in my personal life is to see what type of friends they have. If they have friends that are abusive or manipulative or just non-committal or they you know aren't good moralistic people, then I assume that the person I'm talking to and trying to get to know is the same as well. In fact, we tend to build a shroud or we build a shield around our personality to protect it from other people so that we don't, or that others don't see us quite as transparent. But if you look at their friends and you listen to the things that they explain, you can usually pick up whether the person you're talking to right there is an actual good person. Because someone like me, I do not like lying. So I cannot stand, it literally drives me mentally insane to deal with liars. People that don't have strong morals, people that don't stand up for people, people that bully people, all those people cannot and will never fit in my circle. So same thing. So look at how, you know, that is going to impress people. Like if you comment or if you write a letter or email about endorsing somebody, people are going to take that seriously. Now, you can kind of promote like this or cross-promote like this on many different levels. It can be between you and another service professional who happens to serve the same exact market as you do. Or you can do it with larger associations and organizations. If you're an accountant who serves like small business owners and you develop a relationship with a membership director for an online small business association that has like 70 to 80,000 members, and they promote your services to their membership, just think about all of the newsletter signups you're going to get. And then if you do a, a product release or something that they can buy, even more so. And then that's the other thing you can do. You can co-produce special promotions that you cannot afford on your own. You can have a contest with the prizes contributed by your partners. So you can run a raffle or a contest or a giveaway from and then have prizes from your service or from your you know your business associate or partner and then same thing once the next contest rolls around you do it for them you give something off for free that or prizes or whatever services whether it's like $300 off a website or a free mobile website or something like that um, if it's, you know, it can be anything, anything that you can do for a reduced price or free, you can do it like that. I would recommend doing, you know, free. So you can give customers a free product or service from a participating partner when they buy something, you can do that as well. So if somebody buys something from you, you can give them a free, you know, info product or some type of thing from your, your partner and then your yes, the person that's giving away the free thing is taking a little bit of hit there, but then they're getting, they're getting people introduced. 
And that's the interesting thing. Like I was having a conversation with somebody about Uber recently and we were mentioning or we were talking about how Uber takes 20% off the fare that the driver makes. So they get 80%. And a lot of Uber drivers complain and whine and just ugh, constantly have a problem with it. I think it's stupid because what I said, and I was actually talking to somebody who was whining about it, I said the hardest thing about business is client accusation. It's the hardest thing. In fact, it's easier to sell to a client you've already sold to before than it is to get new new clients because it's a relationship. Uber is doing that for you. You don't have to go out and search for the people that want to drive in your car. You turn on an app and you flip a switch and they come to you. So them taking 20% really isn't that big of a deal. So finding ways to get products or get customers, even if it is giving away a small product or small service, is going to build you a lot of buzz and promotion. Now, the thing about your website, it's if you are going to focus on a website and you have a website, it's like your home, okay? What's the first thing you do when you have someone over your home? You offer them a drink, right? Or something to eat, right? You ask, are you hungry? Can I get you something to eat? How about a glass of water, some iced tea or soda? Um, If you know your visitors well, you can offer them their favorite snack and beverage. In fact, when we have people over that we're really close to, like family or close friends, we tend to make an extra trip to the supermarket just to get all their favorite snacks and things like that. This is called enticement. So if you offer something of value to your website visitors as soon as they land on your site in exchange for their email address and permission to follow up, let's rewind that, exchange for their email address and permission to follow up. Permission's key word here, guys. Don't be that person that just has like an email box open there and then doesn't ask for permission. There should be a little checkbox like, yes, you, I, yes, I'm giving you permission to email me to follow up and all, with other special offers or to contact whatever way you want to word it. And that's the thing. They will give you the email address to you because they're interested in your, in your enticement and they believe you'll deliver more good, more things that are interesting to them in the days and months to come. Um, One of the big problems, though, is people will put in an email address that's fake just to get a a free book or something like that. So the way to go around that is to make sure that you have a system set up where it will email them. Once they put in the email, it will email them and that's where it's going to be because then you don't have to worry about fake email addresses because it will say like, hey, this is going to be sent to you. And then they go into their email and they, re- they look at it. That is a good way to get rid of... Oh my God. What a surprise you on there. Um, that will get rid of people that are using fake email addresses on your forms and stuff like that. Okay? Now, a big thing is... Be very, very careful not to hide your enticing offer in the crevices of your website. 
when you have a dinner party, do you hide the food around the house in strange places or set it out of just out of reach? Do you put all like, you know, your appetizers up on your refrigerator and just don't really tell people about them? Or do you like go behind the couch and like put all the drinks back there? No, they're all out there in the open, right? Um, so do the same thing with your business, okay? Um, don't put the the email opt-in below the fold of the um, of the website, okay? And you'll notice that even if you're having like a party, right? Once everybody starts getting hungry, where do they start hanging around? The kitchen, right? So we're always searching for what we want and need. And so that being said, your website needs to speak to your visitors' needs and desires. So don't put your opt-in form in the like don't put it in a place that's below the fold which is the part of your home page that is visible without you having to like scroll down so if you have your email offer the first page they go to make sure it's out there in the open um, most obvious place as possible brightly colored so it draws people's attention to it um, a few a few ideas for that whole, you know, what to offer to get people's email addresses. Um, it can be something like a mini course, like a three-part co- three uh, video, you know, three-part video series about how to do that. Um, it can be a report. It can be an ebook, an article, an audio recording, um, a coupon or other free offer, although I don't really like doing those. I, I know some people that are very successful with the whole coupon thing. Um, but you can try it. That's a good thing. Like I'm giving you all these ideas. You can try it and see what works best for you. Um, constantly split test. It's something, um, split testing is something that's used in marketing. It's where you take one offer and another offer or one ad and another ad or one picture and another picture and you see which one performs better by by metrics. And then you find something else and you compare it against that. It's kind of like a gladiator battle until you find the thing that gets the most clicks and the most opt-ins and the most emails, things like that. Okay, so try that. Mess around. That's the fun part about owning your own business, about doing all this stuff. You get to tinker around and find all the fun stuff. It's not boring. You get one thing done and you you can try something else. See if this, oh, okay, I did a, you know, I did a audio series that didn't really do too good. Um, coupons didn't really do too good, but people like the mini series. What if I do, um, you know, a, a video that's a little bit more in depth than the mini series. How about that? Let's see if this works. And then you go bounce back and forth. A and B split testing. Now, interesting part is no matter what you do use to get people to sign up, you must, 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 must follow up to help them consume that valuable information or experience that they just received. Um, We don't want to get in the habit of not like sending it to them and then not engaging them. Okay. Most people don't take advantage of all the opportunities available to them. It would probably near darn impossible to do so and even a smaller number of people follow up on all the opportunities available to them through the internet email everything even the ones that they may have asked for even the ones that they may have put their email in when someone does opt in to receive your free offer he may not really consume it or use it or learn from it or benefit from it 
That's the big part. They're not going to use it and take action. They're not going to benefit from it. It's your responsibility to help them do so by following up with them with email. And you can do a lot of different things. You can use an automatic email responder. I mentioned one last night, GetResponse. Very, very good for this type of thing. Check it out. You can set up a series of email messages that are automatically sent out to a new contact. When they join the list, after they get the thing, you know, a couple days later, boom, the email goes out. Um, you know, a month later, boom, another email goes out. You can set this all up and then it automatically happens. Somebody joins email, they get the special offer, you know, within a couple minutes, they get the, they look at the special offer and then they're put into this, the funnel, the cycle. The, you know, the, a month goes by for them. And boom, it triggers an auto response that goes out to them and says, okay, you know, blah, 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 I got this, but, you know, thanks for, you know, checking out that offer. Hopefully you liked it. Why don't you send me any questions you have um, and let me know what two points you really liked about it. Or if you read this series, you know, check out this and you can just chain it all together. And you can set the frequency as much or as little as you want. You can send one a day, one a week, a month, a year, you know, um, and have it all set up all automatically. Once they enter the funnel, it just starts. You don't have to, you know, it's not like you send an email on one day and it goes to everybody once they go through the cycle. And you can do split testing on that, please, too. Um, GetResponse has that where they have different ones, A and B, where you can compare them together and see which one gets clicks and more opens. Now, let's see. We are at 33 minutes, so I can go over social media a little bit. Um, social media is, in my opinion, the best way for anybody to be marketing right now. Um, we are in the wave, I mentioned websites before, how I was trying to get people to understand how important websites were, and a lot of people were behind the ball. We're still technically kind of ahead of the wave um, as far as social media goes. Uh, we're not as far ahead as we were years ago, and the people that early adopt, like myself and other people, had very, very cheap ads and got crazy results. Now that more bigger companies are starting to go in, people are starting not to notice Facebook you know, ads as much, so you have to work a little bit harder, you have to build content that stands out, you have to have your ad copy and wording correct so that it really stands out and things like that. But I will say that as far as social media, we are still ahead of the game here. Once these companies that are spending all this crazy money on billboards and TV ads and Super Bowl ads and things like that, millions of dollars, you know, Super Bowl ad was $4 million for like a tiny little section of the Super Bowl ad space. Once those companies like Budweiser, Pepsi, Subaru, all of them start doing this, it's going to jack up the prices for ads. And then it's not going to be as noticed as well. And then we're going to all be competing and fighting for it. Now, I will say that about the time that happens, something else will come out, and it's already starting to. Google Assistant and like Amazon are going to start having ads, supposedly. I know, it's kind of disappointing. Um, but there's going to be things that, you know, there's going to be a way they implement that. I view that VR is going to have ads too. I know that some of them are starting to. Um, and there's going to be something else. There's going to be something else that's going to be really good marketing. Okay.
But right now, things like Facebook, LinkedIn, um, Snapchat, uh, uh, um, not Google, um, YouTube, things like that, that's going to be <clears throat> where you want to be as much as possible. Um, to break these down a little bit, because I, like I said, I'm not going to get into them a lot. I'm going to break them down into a little bit. Um, Twitter, I honestly don't think is all that good right now as far as marketing. Um, I think it'll be good for business to consumer only, but it kind of limits, kind of limits you as far as like how many words you can type and things like that. Um, so I don't really recommend it. Mm. Oh my God, I'm so tired. Anyways, um, hopefully my energy level is still up because I am exhausted, but I'm trying to pump as much energy into this as possible. But don't think Twitter is really good for much right now. Um, Instagram and Snapchat, really good if you're selling a product. Um, Facebook and LinkedIn, very good if you're selling to businesses. Although Facebook can be used if you're selling a uh, product to a consumer or customer as well. Um, a few tips. Do not, I'm going to focus mainly on Facebook here because that's one of my favorites. With Facebook, do not, repeat, do not ever hit boost post. Don't do it. Don't. Um, the reason I'm saying that is because boost post is like very similar to a TV ad or a billboard. The problem with TV ads and billboards is anybody that's driving by a billboard or anybody that's watching the commercial is going to see that information. You spend the money to have more of a blanket sweep. Okay. So you're not targeting, you're not targeting who is going to buy your service or product. Facebook and LinkedIn you can target. Facebook has targets anywhere from what are the, you know, what's the gender, what's the age, things like that. Simple targets. Then it has complicated ones like do they own a home? Do they rent? Are they first time new home buyers? Did they just buy a brand new car? Did they, you know, how much are they spending a year on anything, like on, you know, products and stuff like that? Um, do they, are they a fan of other companies, things like that? There's so much targeting that you can target down very, very well. But the problem with boost po or boost page, or sorry, boost post or boost page, because there is that too, um, is you're just blanket sweeping anybody in like a certain radius of where your location is on your business. That's not a good idea. Start learning ads and how to target certain areas. Um, with roofers, I would target um, my settings were, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, um, small business owners that liked um, Owens Corning or um, Gaff Roofing and Supplies, like all these big manufacturing supply company or companies for roofers. <clears throat> Um, I would target those 
And that is how I got most of my leads and sales. So learn to target and try to boil it down as little as possible so your scope is very, very small. Not too small, a couple thousand people a month, you know, or what, depending on your budget. Like I said, this is kind of a all-around advice here. It's not specific. Every business is different, but there are some ideas. Also, as far as what to post, um, if you're posting just text, you're going to have a very low chance of people actually clicking or going into it. If you post photos, then you have a much higher rate of people clicking on, especially if the picture catches people's attention. Once again, split test A, B, try different photos, see which ones work better. That's what I've done. That's how I've made a lot of my money. Um, another thing is video. Whenever you can make video, video is the number one content you should be putting on social media um, for your business. Videos, whether it's self-help videos, whether it's teaching people how to do certain things themselves, whether it's videos on, you know, the enjoyment of you have with your business, mixing it up and doing videos and things like that. And you don't have to do a video every day. I don't recommend that. Um, but you know, a video once a month that you run ads to, heck yeah, go for it. Um, but that's pretty much it about for that as far as tips on the kind of general stuff. Um, and that pretty much brings to a close this podcast and this series. Um, so I'll be excited to see you guys tomorrow for when I pull out the next part that we're going to go over the next segment we're going to pull over go over sorry um i unfortunately do not know which one i'm going to do because i didn't have time to brainstorm which one i was going to do um and i usually like to i would have liked to tell you guys what i'm going to be doing tomorrow but i don't know so you'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out and that's not some ploy that's just i worked 11 or 12 hours straight today and i I woke up, got ready, and just worked, and now um, I'm doing the podcast, so I didn't actually have time to pull it forward, and that could have been a hold back. I could have said, oh, I'll just not do the podcast and wait until I know what I'm going to do next, but I don't like doing that. I like actually taking action, so hopefully this this part helped you guys. I know it was more of a basic um, kind of run over, but there were a lot of good tips there that if you start using them on your business today or tonight or whenever you're listening to this, um, it's going to help you guys a lot. But that's about it, guys. I will talk to you guys later. Once again, my name is Connor Gilson, and I'm the president of CG Consulting, and you guys have a good night. Bye.